Are you ready for a little bit of March Madness, baby? Let's go. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com, covering the Big 12 Conference as we do each and every week. We've got seven teams in the big dance, and we are here to bring you every single game broken down with a prediction. Yes, I'll give you a score prediction for every Big 12 game in the NCAA tournament. It is so good to be here with you as we get set for what is going to be an absolutely outstanding week. I can't wait. If you're on YouTube, do me a solid and hit that subscribe button. Thank you for joining us as always on the podcast. We appreciate that. And of course, you can always find us um, right here on Facebook Live. So be sure to share it there as well. Thanks for being here, guys. We're going to go game by game break them down, give you predictions, and go from there. As we give these Big 12 basketball predictions for the NCAA tournament, let's start off with the first game on Thursday. That is going to be West Virginia taking on Maryland in a classic 8-9 game. Uh, This is one of those games that I'm looking at and I'm saying this could be one of the great games of the first round. Two teams, Power 5 conferences, fairly equally matched. I've gone back and forth on this game multiple times. Mountaineers are the nine seed, Terps are the eight seed. But here's what I look at. I look at a Maryland team that's been inconsistent down the stretch, losing three or four to close the season. I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, um, if I'm West Virginia, what do I want to have happen? I want to see Eric Stevenson get hot, as he's done many times throughout the season for the West Virginia Mountaineers, help this team close this game down the stretch. I believe he can do that. His experience, his veteran leadership is there for the Mountaineers and ultimately score enough points to win because you do have a team that's been very bad on defense, the worst in the Big 12 all season long. Now, if it comes down to free throws, give me Maryland in a tight one because Maryland's the second best free throw shooting team in the Big 10 and the Mountaineers are at the bottom half of the standings in the Big 12 in that category. But all that being said, despite the fact that, yes, Maryland is a team that is great at the line, Maryland is also a better rebounding team. But I'm giving the Mountaineers the edge, and here's why I'm giving the Mountaineers the edge. I'm giving the Mountaineers the edge in this game because strength of schedule will play out in a classic 8-9 matchup. And the best player in this game is Eric Stevenson. He will get it done. No doubt that the Terps have nice players. Jameer Young, Julian Reese are good players. But when I'm looking at the best player in this game, it's it's Stevenson for the Mountaineers. And I like West Virginia in a tight one. Give me the Mountaineers 69, the Terps 68 in the 8-9 matchup between West Virginia and Maryland in the South Regional. Next up, as we talk about Big 12 games and the NCAA tournament, we'll go in order here and we'll dive into Kansas and Howard. That game is a 116 matchup in the West region taking place on Thursday afternoon. So I'm looking at this game and obviously the only thing that matters in 1v16 is what? 135 and 1. That's the record for one seeds against 16 seeds all time. Of course, that one is now five years old. UMBC and UVA. I'm not expecting any issues. I know Bill Self's health is up in the air. There's no doubt about that. Uh, But I just, I'm not going to make a case for a 16 seed. I'm not going to do it. But if you want me to, because you're here on the show, the Bison are the best three-point shooting team in the MEAC. (laughs) On the flip side, Kansas was middle of the pack in three-point shooting in the Big 12, ranking seventh out of 10 teams. 
So maybe if you want to make the case that Bison catch a hot hand or two, a miracle's not impossible. But if you're looking for me to sit here and try to convince you that Howard is going to pull off the second ever in 137 attempts, 16 seed beating a one seed, despite the fact that Kansas looks a little, uh, you know, they're concerned coming out of that Big 12 tournament. Bill Self is unsure right now what he's going to be doing, if he's going to be coaching, what that's going to look like. But I'm sorry, I'm not going to make that case. I've got Kansas beating Howard 74 to 52 in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Let's dive into the Texas Colgate game, first round matchup. Uh, That is going to be in the Midwest region on TBS. So I'm looking at that game, and it's a 215 game. So once again, you're going to have to convince me that this is a game that when you're looking at it and you're honestly analyzing it, you can find a way for Colgate to win. And here's the way. If you want it, I'll do it. All right. Colgate, they won a game against Syracuse. Now Syracuse stinks. Bayheim's gone. But if you want to make the case, okay, that starts your case. After that, it really goes downhill quickly. Colgate lost to Auburn by 30 points, an Auburn team that fell to West Virginia in the uh, Big 12 SEC showdown. Um, And you look at this and you say to yourself, okay, am I going to look at Texas and think that they're going to be upset? after winning the Big 12 tournament? I don't think so, and here's why. Texas is a team on a mission. There's the Rodney Terry factor here. A lot of those Texas guys want Rodney Terry to get the job as the Texas basketball coach. He's been the interim since the whole Chris Beard thing went down. That gives me reason to believe that they're not going to be a total flop come tournament time because sometimes you win your conference tournament and it all goes downhill. I don't see that happening for Texas. Now, the one good thing Colgate has going for it in this game, they can shoot the ball better than anyone in this year's tournament. They lead the country from three-point range at nearly 41%. Oliver Lynch Daniels is number one in the country, hitting over 50% of his three-pointers. That's a monster number. But they don't defend well. Colgate's in the bottom half of the Patriot League in three-point defense. And Texas can hit threes as well. Texas can drain them from downtown. Texas is second in the Big 12 in three-point field goal percentage. Maybe Texas gets a scare early, but ultimately the Longhorns will pull away 82-60 to over Colgate in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Next up, we are going to Baylor. That brings us to the South Regional, the 3-14 matchup against UC Santa Barbara. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com, covering the Big 12 Conference. So this game is weird. I see a lot of people picking it as an upset. They're giving it their dark horse upset pick. And I'm not on board with this at all. UC Santa Barbara did not play a single quad one game all season long. Their net ranking is 100. Baylor's at 15. They played 21 quad one games. It's not close. Now, UC Santa Barbara does have some seniors, nice players. Uh, Norris, Kelly, Wishart, it makes it interesting anytime you got feisty seniors playing in a 3-14 matchup. But I'm also looking for a team who is good from deep, and they're not. So their hope here has got to be a guy like Miles Norris, senior, six foot ten, big man, second on the team in scoring, has himself a career day. If not, Baylor's going to take care of business. They're going to handle it despite losing four of six down the stretch. They've got strong guard play. 
They're great from three-point range, first in the Big 12. They defend it well, too. You want to have good guards in this tournament. Baylor does have that. And I like Baylor to beat UC Santa Barbara by a final of 72-58. to Next up, we are going to go to Iowa State and Pitt. That is in the Midwest Regional, a 6-11 matchup in the NCAA tournament. I'm Pete Mundo on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. So, this game, I hate it for Iowa State. I hate it for Iowa State because I don't want to play a team that just won on a basically buzzer beater in the first four. That's got veteran leadership. That's gelling with a bunch of transfers at the right time. I, I, I don't want to do that. That's got a little swagger in its step. That's not who I want to see if I'm Iowa State. I hate that Iowa State has to play one of these games against a play-in team. It means they couldn't prepare until really Tuesday night. And, you know, now they got to figure out what to do with a team that's got a hot hand and a lot of confidence and a veteran team as well. You know, they had an ugly non-conference. They got blown out by uh, West Virginia by a big number, 25 points. But right now, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, Iowa State has more depth. They still have had some concerns down the stretch. We know how the season ended. Uh, they got to the Big 12 semis, but obviously some off-field or off-court drama as well there. I'm looking at this. I'm saying, okay, pitch the hot hand, veteran team, one on Tuesday, feeling good. I think that Pittsburgh pulls off this game 63-58 to against the Iowa State Cyclones. That's how I see this one playing out between Iowa State and Pittsburgh in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Pitt will get the victory as the 11 seed and upset Iowa State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. As we roll through the Big 12 games in the first round of the NCAA tournament, next up, Kansas State, Montana State. All right, so we are going to the East Regional between K-State and Montana State, a 3-14 matchup. Now, it's always hard to make the case for the 14 seed, and you're going to have a hard time having me do it. Because Montana State played two quad one games, and they were ugly. They lost to Arizona by 20, Oregon by 30. Not close. Now, I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, okay, if you want me to make the case real quick for Montana State, here's the case for Montana State. The case for Montana State is that K-State has been one of the sloppiest teams in the Big 12 this season. That's a fact. When it comes to turnover margin, they have the third worst turnover margin in the Big 12, only ahead of Texas Tech and Oklahoma, two teams that obviously did not make the big dance. On the flip side, I'm looking at a Montana State team that is second in the big sky in turnover margin on the plus side of things. So if K-State's sloppy and you have a Montana State team that catches a hot hand early, they're not a great three-point shooting team. They're in the bottom half of the big sky, but if they catch a hot hand with a few turnovers, maybe K-State is in some early trouble. But what do you like in this tournament? You like having senior guards, or I should say upperclassmen in the backcourt. doesn't have to be seniors, guys who have been around, and that's what Kansas State has with Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson. And these guys at the leadership position, especially Noel in the background, but in, in the backcourt, Johnson technically is a forward, but he can lead this team as well. I want those guys on the ball, in the big spots, preventing any upset from taking place. And I believe they'll be able to do that with relative ease. So give me Kansas State 68, Montana State 58 
in the 3-14 matchup in the East Regional of the 2023 NCAA Tournament. As we roll through the tournament in the first round games, here we go, the last one. It is TCU taking on We're Not Sure Who. That's what we have to say right now. We don't know, as of this conversation, who exactly TCU is going to play. But And by the way, I'm not a fan of the first four, but we'll leave that aside for now. TCU as a sixth seed is not going to be upset by Nevada or Arizona State, and here's why. The reason that TCU is not going to be upset by either team is because I'm looking at this TCU team, and I think that they are one of the most underrated, scary teams that nobody's talking about in this tournament. Seriously. Sixth seed that's getting away with uh, Mike Miles, who is hurt. People don't realize he was banged up there for a little bit. And it's a totally different team. It's a com- This team is completely different. When Mike Miles is playing, when he's playing well, they take care of the ball. If you look at this TCU team, they're top three in the Big 12 in turnover margin. They are a good offensive team, number one in the Big 12 in field goal percentage. I, like They get the ball to the basket. They're efficient scoring, not great from deep, one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the Big 12, but that's not how they win games. That's not what they do. They got very solid defense, underrated defense, and an offense that is very efficient, and that's where they win games. And I believe that's going to happen again for TCU on a Friday night in the opening round with whoever they end up playing. They're number one and uh, number two in blocked shots in the Big 12 Conference, number one in steals in the Big 12 Conference. They've got a good team, and I believe TCU wins a comfortable game in the first round by double digits. So there's your rundown. I'm Pete Mundo on heartlandcollegesports.com covering the Big 12 from top to bottom. It is great to be here with you as always as we roll through another show. So I want to touch on a couple of uh, expansion things going on right now. The Arizona schools have spoken publicly. Well, at least their presidents have spoken publicly. So let's dive into that here on heartlandcollegesports.com. Here's what we know. The Arizona president is saying the Pac-12 considered a Big 12 merger two years ago. Okay, all right, that's nice, that's great, uh, that's, that's cool. Talking to John Wilner, Mercury News, and he talked about how two years ago after Texas and OU announced they were leaving for the SEC, uh, there was some conversation around the idea of the two conferences merging. It never obviously came to fruition. Now, the more important part of this is the fact that he also commented on the Pac-12's media rights negotiations. And Robin said, we're all committed. I'm pretty confident George Kliakov, Pac-12 commissioner, will bring us a deal that we're happy with and that preserves the Pac-12 to make the next step together. His words, that's what he said. Now, am I sitting here and buying that right now? Am I sitting here saying to myself, oh, absolutely. Arizona's a lock to stay in. No, I'm not. I, I mean, would you? Why would, why would any of us, based on everything that's been going on, everything that's been going on, why would you suddenly shut the door on the idea of going to the Big 12 Conference? Right? Now, people are pointing to something else that he said and something else that Robert Robbins said was, why would you move for a couple million dollars a year more? Well, he also said in the same conversation to John Wilner 
that the Big 12 footprint and Arizona's proximity to it, along with the league's powerhouse basketball brand, is interesting. Right? Those were his words in this John Wilner piece. And that's why there are, in his words, to use his quote, some affinities for the Big 12 Conference. So this is, this is far from a done deal. The Pac-12 folks are doing cartwheels because they think this all means that everyone's happy and hunky-dory in the Pac-12. If they don't get a good TV deal, then guess what? Arizona is going to be looking more at the Big 12 Conference. That's what's going to happen here in this conversation, and that's what matters. Now, also, you've got Arizona State. Conversation, Arizona State's president, Michael Crow, indicated a new deal for the Pac-12's media rights could be right around the corner. In a Tuesday interview with the state press, Crow emphasized his university's intent to play in the Pac-12 in light of ongoing negotiations he indicated are heading in a positive direction. He said, I think we're close to a deal. I think that the Pac-12 media rights become more complicated with the departure of USC and UCLA. The media rights became more complicated also, as things always do, because markets go like this. They're up, they're down, they're down, they're up. He said, we're going to get a good offer. We're in the final stages of that process. He also said there have been no discussions with the Big 12 on moving. But then he says in the very next sentence, the president at Arizona State, he said, well, I mean, there's been discussions between everyone everywhere on all things related to where our conference is going and where stuff's going to end up and what's happening. But then he says we're committed to the Pac-12. That's a lot of nothing. That's a politician speak right there is what that is from the Arizona State president. Here's what this always was going to come down to. If the Pac-12 and those 10 remaining institutions can get a decent TV deal, they'll probably stay. They won't be the Big 12. They certainly won't be the Big 10 of the SEC. They won't be the ACC. But they'll be, it'll probably be a power four and a half is what will happen if this Pac-12 remains together with 10 teams and they get a deal done. It will remain the Pac-12 10 and a half. And that's fine to some degree, I suppose. But at the same time, sitting here and looking at this and saying to yourself, you know what, what actually makes the most sense for either of these schools, especially if Oregon and Washington are going to want a bigger slice of the pie. If they're going to want more revenues because they view themselves as the blue bloods remaining who deserve a bigger chunk of the pie, if I'm Arizona, if I'm Arizona State, I'm out, I'm done, see you later. That's what I'm doing if I'm them. But we'll see. This was a twist in the news cycle, I'll put it that way. In the last uh, couple of weeks, all indications had been pointing towards the Big 12. This may swing the pendulum back, but all that matters is can George Klievkov get a good TV deal for his guys? That's it. That's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing that's going to make a difference here. And then we'll have to wait and see how it plays out after that. I'm Pete Mundo. It is good to be here with you. Subscribe on YouTube. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us here on the show. Keep a close eye on all that. Enjoy the NCAA tournament. Subscribe on iTunes. Share on Facebook Live. We are on Instagram. And also what we're doing, we're giving away money. If you sign up for our bracket, what do you have to do? Go to heartlandcollegesports.com. Click on the message boards, the forums at the top. And then what you do after that, 
is you just click on the thread under Big 12 Basketball that has a link where you can sign up for our challenge, NCAA Tournament Challenge, and you can win money from us at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thank you guys for being a part of the show. Enjoy the madness. A ton more content coming your way. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.